You're listening to the Yoga Teacher Resource Podcast. Knowledge, techniques, and inspiration for your teaching and your practice. I'm your host, Mado Hesselink. If you're a yoga teacher who loves learning, is passionate about spreading the benefits of yoga, and desires more resources to support your teaching, you're in the right place. Let's get started with today's episode. Hello, yoga teacher. Welcome to the Yoga Teacher Resource Podcast, episode 15. This week is a companion to last week's episode. Last week, I talked about finding and nurturing your ideal yoga student. Another way of saying that is choose a niche. If you haven't listened to episode 14, please stop this episode now. Go back and listen because you will get a lot more out of today's episode if you understand the fundamentals of how and why to choose a niche. Today, we're going to take the ideas from last week and put them into real-world situations with real yoga teachers. I've recorded three conversations for this episode, and this is a bit of an experiment because it's the first time I've recorded coaching calls that, you know, when I work with people as a yoga teacher and business coach, usually that's private and just between the two of us, but these women knew that we were recording for the podcast. So that's the first time I've done that. It's also the first time I've had multiple people on one episode. The first section is a coaching call with a yoga teacher who I had actually never met or worked with before. She is on the Yoga Teacher Resource Facebook group, and I put a call out on that group for anybody who would be interested in doing some on-air coaching, and she volunteered. On the call, you'll hear how I first attempt to understand Karen's goals and aspirations. Then I help her narrow her niche to fit with them. The second call is with a yoga teacher who I had spoken with before about her business, but not on this exact topic. Francine was trying to straddle two niches, and during our coaching call, it became clear that one of these niches was her true passion, while the other was more of a means to an end. The final conversation on this episode is with one of my ongoing coaching clients, Miranda Peterson. The conversation with Miranda is not in the form of a coaching call because she and I have already done a lot of work on her niche, so that would have felt kind of artificial. I wanted to bring Miranda on, though, because she's in a unique position of having a background in marketing, continues to freelance you know, so one of her, she's got two businesses. One of her businesses is a yoga business, but she also works with health and wellness professionals in a design consultation and video capacity. So in our conversation, she shares a bit about why she chose to hire a coach, what it was like for her to choose a niche and the results that she's seen in her business. Towards the end, she also drops some powerful advice for yoga entrepreneurs, so make sure you stick around for that. I really hope that hearing other yoga teachers work on and maybe struggle a little bit with and ultimately make progress with choosing a niche, refining their niche, will make this process feel more doable for you, more accessible. And I also hope that it inspires you to actually take action on these ideas, try them out for yourself, and experience the benefits. Let's get started. 
Karen, thank you so much for coming on and being willing to share about your business and, and start diving into this idea of niche with me. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Karen has worked in healthcare full-time for 13 years. She also has been a group fitness instructor and then transitioned into teaching yoga about 10 years ago. And that's a big passion of hers and specifically the self-care piece of yoga. And her vision is to help her students understand and take on self-care as a necessity versus having it be an extra. She, at this stage of her business, wants to make connections and work smarter instead of harder. So she is still employed full-time and she doesn't want to be running around all over the place and depleting herself. And she sees herself maybe in about 10 years transitioning this business into something that she focuses on more. But currently she's trying to set the stage for, for that. So Karen, what I would start by asking you is who do you see this serving? this this offering of yours, this educational piece of we need to make self-care a necessity. Who who would you like to reach with that message? I think there is a um, need in all different demographics and populations for this. Men and women alike, but I do feel that women sometimes tend to shy away from taking care of themselves just because they are, you know, serving at work or church or children or spouses. So I think that women tend to put themselves on the back burner more than other areas, but I do think it serves, you know, everybody, business owners and um, teachers and yeah, healthcare workers. I know that just, you know, from personal experience. So, and even yoga teachers, we tend to get burned out a lot too. And we're helping our students and serving our communities. And sometimes we just forget to, take that time for ourselves. Yeah, it's so true. And this is why choosing a niche can feel really overwhelming at first, because we can see that everybody needs what we're offering. But, and, and I'll, you know, um, the episode prior to the episode that this will be released on, I will go into a lot more detail about why it's helpful to choose a niche. But for, for now, you know, the thing is that you're kind of to simplify it, you're not the best teacher for every single person in the whole world. So in order for you to work smarter and not harder, we need to identify who are you the best yoga teacher, self-care teacher for? Who is going to be most benefited by your help and your teaching? And so when we can identify those people, then you can do that working smarter and not harder than you, because those are going to be the easiest people for you to reach and the most rewarding people for you to reach. So, you know, to start with, you can think about your current students. Who are the people that you love working with the most? Who are the ones that are most rewarding for you right now to teach? Um, so right now, through the, the wellness center that I'm just finishing up with, our population was a little bit older. So we would have majority women. Age range is probably from 40 to like mid 70s. Very, very grateful bunch of people. 
happy just, you know, for us to be there together and moving and feeling good and getting out kinks. So maybe that would be more of a little bit more of a niche in um, midlife females. Midlife females is a start. (laughs) We definitely would want to get even more specific than that, but it's a good start. What are the things that you see that they're really struggling with around self-care? Well, sometimes just getting to class on time can be, you know, the hardest part of, you know, yoga there. Again, that I guess a lot of our class members are retired at this point. And so instead of having all this free time, maybe that they thought to, but they're taking care of grandchildren. Some of them bring them with them, you know, and they're a few minutes late. Sorry, I had to pick up the little ones and drop them off in the daycare center or Um, A lot of women are involved in church and they're fitting their yoga classes in between, you know, church volunteering and services. So I think finding the time to come and, and committing to that time to come. And I will say that most people are very good. Even if they're a few minutes late, I always say, just say, come, I'd rather you be late than, you know, not come at all. Yeah. So one there's a, there's a couple of different ways of looking at this. It sounds like, you know, there's, there's a group of people, meaning people who are retired, and that is a possibility for looking at it in, as a niche. It's important. There's a couple of things. It's important for you to feel like, yes, these are my people, right? So I don't want you to pick a niche where you're like, well, these are the people who I have been working with and they're, I'm just picking them because they're, um, they're there, (laughs) but instead I want you to think about, you know, when you, when you, you know, you've landed on the right niche, when all of a sudden it becomes very clear what you can offer them and, and ideas just start kind of pouring into you like, well, I could do this and I can do this and, and they really need this. So a lot of times we think of a niche as being very limiting because it, it narrows down the, the focus of what we're doing, but the irony of it is that it ends up actually, because of that narrowing down, everything becomes very clear. And with that clarity comes a lot of ideas and a lot of, you know, energy and things like that. So before we like dive too far down into the into the rabbit hole of retired women, does that feel exciting to you, focusing on retired women? I I can't say that it feels exciting. I think it goes back to what you said, like, these are my people, that's who I've been serving. And so I feel like I should maybe continue with that because we have that familiarity. So for me, I'm not quite up there, but, you know, people, my friends and myself, you know, starting to hit that perimenopausal stage, And so that was actually the first kind of jumpstart was talking with a friend about that and saying, gosh, you know, we're all having all these, the same symptoms and what should we do to take care of ourselves in that way? So maybe that is another little narrowing down, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and again, I want you to check in with yourself. Does that feel more exciting? Does that feel more like I understand what you're going through and I really can help? And it does because I am going through it. (laughs) So, and, you know, like I said, a lot of my, my friends are, we're about the same age, not everyone, but the ones that are, we can definitely relate to it. Yes. Okay. So we're looking at 
basically perimenopausal women. So would we say like ages 40 to 55, 40 to 60? Is that what, what, what do you think? I'd say probably like 40 to 55, yes. Okay, 40 to 55. And some of the problems that they're, they're having is that they might be juggling like aging parents and teenagers, right? That's right. Mm-hmm. And still working full time. Yeah. So... Another thing that we need to think about is, do they agree, do they see this self-care piece as a big enough problem? Are they willing to spend time and money solving this problem? So that's something, you know, that's something to think about because this is just, you know, this is a chance for you to to dive towards your niche, but it's not like a niche. We can think of a niche as a work in progress. We don't have to think of it like it's not a marriage. (laughs) Some, you might want to, you might want to write this down, but some things for you to think about are, does this population Mm -hmm. see this as a problem? Do they see self-care as a problem? Do they have the resources to, use time and money to solve that problem. Because if you look at, say you look at somebody in that age range and they, you know, they're working as a waitress and they are, you know, they're just struggling to buy sneakers for their teenager. You might, you might need to narrow this focus even more to say professional perimenopausal women. So women who have some ability to outsource some of their challenges. For example, maybe they have hired a housekeeper, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe they have, they have a home aid nurse that can help with their parents a little bit. Right. So you do need to make sure unless you're you know, unless you're working from a nonprofit model, you need to make sure that your target market has the resources to work with you. <laughs> Otherwise, they, as much as they like you, as much as they like your ideas, they just won't have the bandwidth to do that. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> so right now we're thinking professional perimenopausal women, 40 to 55. And is there anything else? Like, I don't know, I don't know where you live. So I don't know what kind of industries are, you know, are, are common around there. Where, where do you live? Do you have any? Near Raleigh. You'd live near Raleigh. So you have, for example, a lot of tech there. We do. Tech um, and healthcare. Tech and healthcare. Yeah. Colleges. Yeah. Now I know that you are in healthcare, so that's kind of a more obvious fit. And I also know that people in healthcare are notoriously bad at self-care. <laughs> would you agree with that? I would agree with that. Yeah. So I think it's time to do a little market research and to find out, um, first of all, I would talk to some, a handful at least of people that you see as kind of being in your target market, professional perimenopausal women. I would try to, you know, maybe do some like um, some in healthcare and some in tech and just kind of see if you get a different sense from them because you might surprise yourself. And and these are, again, these are just kind of brainstorming ideas. So you can take this concept and maybe, maybe you think, no, it's athletes or whatever, you know, you can 
take this and run with it, but have some conversations with some of these women and see if one of them is more interesting for you to talk to, like you, you know, you might get surprised. It might be the tech women that are like, yes, this is totally an issue and I'm totally willing to pay for it. So I would say that, you know, you have kind of like a work in progress, you have a good start and the next step is to start testing and, and start having some real person conversations and you can refine from there. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. That really does help. And it's, um, yeah, that's very helpful. Good. I'm glad. You like, you know, it's hard to sometimes in your own head, filter it down, but when you hear somebody else saying it, it's like, yeah, that totally, that's it. And I would, I would maybe even take that, the age range that we had said, maybe to even like 35, because I know it depends on genetics. Maybe some people are starting a little bit earlier or they don't even maybe realize they're having the symptoms, you know? Yeah. Well, the thing about the age range is that, or the thing about all of this is that you're not actually excluding anyone by, by choosing a niche. So when you say I work with women 40 to 55 who are perimenopausal and I help them with this, right? It doesn't mean that somebody who's 37 and recognizes themselves and everything else, they're like, yeah, I'm perimenopausal. Yeah. They're not going to be like, um, do you accept 37 year olds? (laughs) You know, they're just going to (laughs) come if they resonate with what you're teaching. So you don't have to be too worried. Don't worry about excluding people. The more narrow you get, you include people, you help people recognize themselves in what you're offering. And really you end up attracting more people that way than, than just by trying to be so, you know, broader and more general. Okay. Okay, Karen. Well, that was awesome. Thank you so much for being willing to come on and and share with and be vulnerable and open. I really appreciate it. It was wonderful. Thank you for the opportunity. So it's good. Absolutely new to me. So I'm I'm learning as I'm going for sure. Definitely a work in progress. And this is, I think, it's been helpful to kind of narrow that down. Francine, welcome. Thank you so much for being part of this on-air coaching experiment. Thank you, Meadow. I originally met Francine during my project of 100 Conversations, so I got to know her a little bit through that, and we've stayed in touch on social media, and we also chatted a little bit before I hit record, so I've gotten updated. Francine, where do you live again? Remind me. I live in Lansdale, Pennsylvania, which is a suburb of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Okay. So you live in a, you know, suburb of a major metropolitan area. Yes. Yes. And you have a home studio and you're also working with a business coach who isn't necessarily a yoga person, but that business, you've been working with that business coach on branching away from your home studio and also looking into some corporate yoga, basically, either mm-hmm. for hotels or for corporations. Yes. Yes. Perfect. She, she wants me to sort of find more revenue streams. More revenue and streams. Maybe, yes. And maybe from the corporate clients, get some additional private clients because I'd have um, more exposure. She wanted me to have more exposure. Yeah. Okay. So that was the purpose. Good. Perfect. Okay. So when I remember when we had our conversation, Mm -hmm. Uh, A few months ago, I remember 
inviting you or just kind of <clears throat> suggesting that you talk to some of your favorite students to find out mm -hmm. more about them. And it sounds like you did that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And you picked out one whose name is Wendy, who yes. is your, you know, kind of your ideal client. And I'd love, mm -hmm. I'd love for you to share what you've learned about Wendy since then. Wendy is a very unique client. She uh, came to me when I did community classes at a local school district, probably about almost three years ago. And she's very introverted. She's very quiet person who has gradually come out of her shell, which is wonderful, but it's also sort of difficult for me to then ask her to refer people to me because she doesn't have a huge circle of friends. Sure. And that's, I just want to hear more about Wendy. Tell me everything she, you know that's relevant about Wendy. She How is, old is she? She's 57, 58. And what is she, is she retired? Does she work? She, she actually is a widow. Her husband passed away from cancer rather rapidly about four years ago, mm -hmm. which has enabled her to uh, take up yoga, which is why she came to me originally at the class um, in the school district. Meditation, various other holistic practices. She's very involved in this one organization, Rainbows of he Healing, that's local, that does everything from drum making to Reiki. She recently became certified in Reiki level one and two. Perfect. What do you, does she have other hobbies that you know of? She does Tai Chi. She does gardening. She does origami. She does um, a glass blowing. She has done little bookmaking things. She's an array and she loves Civil War and Gettysburg. Loves okay. it. All right. Um, she's varies the spectrum of interest. <laughs> yeah. But, and she but, loves yoga, obviously. But, <laughs> but there is this, there is kind of, there's some connecting forces here. Yes. Yes. So when you, you love Wendy, she's like one of the most rewarding people for you to teach. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And when you think about in like working with more Wendy's, that is inspiring to you. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. When I am done, Wendy comes to me every week for a two hour private session. Mm -hmm. We, we move, we chat a little bit about what's going on with her. Yeah. Sort of like you, I asked for an update. Okay. We move for probably about hour, hour and a half, depending on the time frame, And then we do a meditation, usually a chakra meditation with a chakra crystal. She chooses it. Sometimes if she can't choose it, she goes, nothing is speaking to me. Can you choose it? Mm -hmm. And it can be multiple ones. It could be one. And when I'm done with her, I feel fulfilled, energized, and this sense of calm. Her energy is a very calming, serene energy. You know, you feel it before she even walks in the door. Nice. And like I said, she's just very inquisitive. She asks really good questions. She wants to learn more about yoga. And her goal for this year, which I wanted to share with you, is to have yoga do her uh -huh. more than she's doing yoga. Well, that's very right? So that's perfect. <laughs> yeah. and, and, but she, you know, she's getting there. She's truly getting there, which from when she first started with me, where she was sort of very uh, timid and wary of expressing her opinions. Now she'll stop me yesterday. She stopped me in the middle of uh, the flow. Well, am I doing this right? This is, and she had a question about chair pose. Mm -hmm. I was like, well, how does it feel for you? And it's that kind of exchange. 
it's interactive. It's not just me being an instructor. Okay. I have told her many times I learn and instruct. Yes. With her. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we have Wendy. We have kind of an avatar for you of people, somebody that you really love to work mm-hmm. with. Mm-hmm. And when you think about doing the corporate yoga, do you get the same feeling of being excited about that as you do about working with Wendy? Because what's going on here is that you actually are developing two different niches at the same time. And there's nothing, it's not like it's against the law to have two niches, but it is very distracting. It is really hard to focus and build either one of those niches when you're focused on two. Okay. It makes more sense from my point of view to focus on one at a time. Okay. And, you know, there's, there's definitely a balancing act. Mm-hmm. with focusing on the one that's more exciting to you and the one that you think logically might be more potentially lucrative, right? Right. Because one of the things that you noted that is kind of maybe unusual about Wendy is that she has the financial resources to pay for a private session every week. Yes, yes. Thinking about the area you live in, do you think that there are... I mean, how, how many private sessions do you feel like you could handle per week? I would say if they were Wendy's, right. similar to Wendy, I would say one, maybe to two a day. Uh-huh. Because I have another client right now that um, is sort of the antithesis of Wendy. Mm-hmm. And that's very draining. Yeah. Wendy is not draining. Right. So... Looking at it from that perspective, it's rejuvenating. If the people were very similar to Wendy, one to two a day. Okay. So that would be what? Five to 10 a week. Okay. And do you mind sharing what Wendy pays you? She pays me right now. It's $95. Okay. Two hours. And usually we go over. And my CFO fiance says that's not good. No. But you know, learning to set boundaries is a different, yes. a different conversation, yes. but a very different important. podcast. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. So say you were doing 10 privates at 95 each, that's $950 a week. Would that feel like, dang, I'm, I'm happy with that. I don't need any more than that. Or, or does that feel like not quite enough for you? If I was just doing the privates, that would be I would be satisfied with that at this point, content. Yeah. Um, but I know that I would also have to do group classes. I do group classes in the evening right. with my own clients. And then I would also probably work in the off hours doing accounting, which is my other thing. Okay. But I would be satisfied with that because I'm not going into this, and maybe it's not the right perspective, but and you can help me with that to make a million dollars and to be boom, like the next Shiva Ree. Sure. That's not my thing. Yeah. I want to make a decent living. If I can do it only part-time and be happy and make a good income doing it part-time, to me, then I'll have balance and it'll give me the energy to do the accounting, which is not my love Yeah. and kind of boring. To, admittedly, there's a need for it, but it's boring. Whereas, you know, yoga is more my passion. Accounting is something I do well. But if I have a good balance, I feel that then I'll be whole. Yeah. That makes sense. Absolutely. It does. Yeah. And I believe that we each get to define, create our own definition of success. And we are also allowed to modify that. So it's not even that if you say, you know, right now, thinking about the goal of 10 
private clients mm -hmm. a week. That feels awesome. That mm -hmm. feels like success. I, that seems like a great goal to have. I don't see any reason for you to distract yourself and, you know, potentially really wear yourself out by mm -hmm. seeking out this corporate work that isn't your passion. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. It makes sense. So, you know, what I would do is I would start, I would go to your coach mm -hmm. and I would say, listen, what about this? What do you think about me focusing more, focusing on finding women who are retired and women who are retired in their fifties and sixties mm -hmm. are interested in holistic practices and enjoy gardening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's mm -hmm. a good, mm -hmm. good niche there. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm going to, I'm going to be, I want to, I want to shoot for 10 clients a week and, mm -hmm. and I will feel successful. And when I reach that, I can reevaluate and I can see how that's working, but I would rather that you push yourself in a direction that aligns with your passion mm -hmm. because otherwise you're doing more accounting in a way. Mm -hmm. Right. That makes sense. If yes. you are driving all over town, trying to convince corporations to let you bring yoga there when that's not your ultimate passion, mm -hmm. then it's going to feel more draining mm -hmm. versus having the, your ideal client come to your home and develop a relationship with you. And one thing to consider, and this is definitely just, just want to plant a seed in your mind. But mm -hmm. I would consider as part of this, letting your difficult client go. Mm -hmm. You're not the first person to say that. <laughs> <laughs> because if you want to make space for your ideal client, then, you know, and this is, this is related to that boundary setting. Mm -hmm. This mm -hmm. is, this is who I work with. So do you have any other questions? As far as finding the ideal client because like I'd mentioned, Wendy's very introverted, yeah. doesn't have a circle of friends. How do I do that? What is the best way to do that? It, it's challenging because I know in your area, there's a lot, and we've mentioned it before, there's a lot of yoga studios, there's a lot of yoga instructors, and there's pluses and minuses to that. This area where I am in, it's very similar. I feel it's, it's somewhat saturated and there's good and there's not so good. So it's like, how do I find that specific person or people that don't really want to go to ABC yoga studio because they're uncomfortable or they don't feel up to the level that they should, or they can't twist into a pretzel, whatever preconceived notions. Yeah, great question. Have. Great question. Yeah. And Ultimately, I want you to really dive into this with your business coach, but okay. I'll throw some ideas. But if you can you. put me, yeah, yeah if I you will can throw give me some, some ideas, ideas you. that I could bounce at her. <laughs> One is to take out holistic practitioners for lunch, invite them out for lunch and just have mm -hmm. conversations with them and then make it easy for them to refer you business. So let mm -hmm. them know this is the type of person I work with. Mm -hmm. This is who they are. This is what they need. This is what their challenges are. Mm -hmm. And, you know, hand them a stack of business cards. Okay. Or, may, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. You have a website, right? 
No, I don't have a website. Okay. And I knew that was Make another point. Make it easy. Make mm-hmm. it easy for them. You know, I would get a website with a really simple, mm-hmm. easy to rem- remember domain. Okay. Um, maybe even related to the area you live in. Okay. Yeah. So that's one thing is do some one-on-one networking with people who are in contact with your ideal client. And then two is I would, I would find organizations like gardening clubs, community centers, places like that, and offer like one-off classes, not, not a weekly class where you need to be, you know, devoting, blocking off your time every single week for that class, but mm-hmm. go and just offer a free class to, to mm-hmm. any organization who's able to gather together a group of your ideal clients. Okay. So that's, those are, those are just off the top of my head, but I think that those ideas will probably spawn other ideas. Okay. And then especially if you, if you, you know, put that task to your business coach, the two of you together can probably come up with more, more ways of doing that. Mm-hmm. She actually did mention she has, because she's actually, I guess business coach is the wrong description. She's a mindset to help people that are in the corporate world get from their corporate jobs to their own businesses. So her website's actually emerging empowerment entrepreneurs. So I call her business coach because if I go into this whole mentoring mindset, I get a funky look from people, Uh but she's, she's very into holistic practices and has a holistic um, primary care doctor that would and be, a holistic, if you can get them to go yes, out to lunch with so, you, that would be awesome. Yes. So I just thought of that, as you said, I'm like, ah, oh, she's got this. So that, that I'm going to put out to her. Actually, I'm going to email her when I'm finished with you and discuss that with her and send her, here's some pointers. Can we do this? Yes. Because she actually lives about a half hour away and has a whole network already that she uses. Perfect. So if I could dive into that, <laughs> hopefully it'll work. And ultimately even your own network your own mm-hmm. friends, your husband's friends, mm-hmm. neighbors, the more that they very specifically understand who you work with and how you help them, mm-hmm. then the quicker you're going to come to mind when somebody says, oh gosh, I really love gardening, but my back is just starting to kill me. And I really wish I had somebody to help me, you know, manage that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That sounds great. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for for coming on and being willing to share so much about the, you know, the details of your business. I really appreciate it. No, thank you. It was a great opportunity and it, it really, I love, first of all, speaking with you. You always have very pertinent and relevant topics. And when I saw this, I knew I just had to try to at least talk to you about it because even now, just the couple tips, it points it in a different direction with more focus yeah. And now I can go back and sort of build upon that. So I feel much better about that. And it's actually attainable. Oh, good. That is so awesome. I really appreciate it. I really do. Miranda, welcome to the Yoga Teacher Resource Podcast. I am so happy to have you here. This is a first for me to get to have one of my coaching clients on the podcast. So thank you so much for being game to come and talk about some of the work we've done and also 
um, share your perspective from your areas of expertise. Miranda has a really unique vantage point because she has been in the marketing world as a freelance graphic designer and video editor for over 10 years. And she has a ton of experience in the wellness space, but she also is a business owner of a yoga business, uh, Namaste in Nature. She leads and her teachers who work for her lead yoga hikes in the Asheville, North Carolina area. So Miranda, I'm so glad that you're here and I would love to have you share a little bit about, let's start with why you decided to hire a coach. Absolutely. First of all, thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be on the podcast because I've been listening to it since you started. I decided to have a coach because I kind of started this business by myself. I've been really used to working by myself and making all the decisions by myself. And sometimes you get just so close to your projects and so involved, it's hard to kind of pull out and get that perspective. And especially it's really hard to be objective when you've put so much of your time and energy and soul into something. And it's funny because, you know, I, I majored in marketing in school. I've worked in marketing, creative, all this kind of stuff. And it's really easy, easy for me to work with other people. But then when it comes to my own, I just have like blinders almost in certain spots. And, and then working with a coach, it really helps to get that perspective and that objectivity where, you know, the coach can be like, oh, you maybe want to focus on this or that, or here's some patterns that I notice. And, and then I'm like, oh my gosh, why didn't I notice that? And uh, really, you know, helping to have that, that insight and also like a sounding board to um, bounce ideas off of and someone who is in a similar industry and who can offer a lot of advice based on their own experience as well, getting different perspectives. Well, I love that. Of co- Obviously, I love that you decided to hire a coach because you hired me. Mm-hmm. So I am extremely grateful for that. And I think it just shows a lot of insight because the first place that where we have blind spots is that we have blind Mm -hmm. spots. So the fact that you were able to, to know that about yourself and take steps to, to mitigate that, that is one of the, one of the things I love about working with you is that not only are you such a hard worker, like you produce, you like, when you say you're going to do something, you do it. So that is really, really fun as a coach to work with but you're also open to learning and to growing. And I think as yoga teachers, that's kind of our prime directive. Oh, absolutely. I agree. Like both with yoga and business and creativity, just always learning. Like I'm always listening to podcasts, always reading books, always um, trying to learn something new because you know, there's, there's no point in yoga or in business. We're like, okay, I got it. You know, I can just like coast now and I'm done. I learned everything. It's, it's always an ongoing process. And I think that's kind of the key to success is being open. And, you know, I've gotten a lot of feedback and ideas from different people very unexpectedly just because I had an open mind and somebody who maybe didn't have a lot of yoga experience or a lot of creative experience. And then they say something that I would have never thought of. And it kind of triggers something else and it's a cool chain reaction. I'm like, oh, that's actually like a really cool idea and insight. So yeah, I think just always keeping that open mind and being willing to learn, learn from your successes, learn from your mistakes, learn from all the things. Definitely. 
And one of the, you know, for some people, for many people, and for many yoga teachers, this idea of choosing a niche is kind of a new thing for them. And it's maybe a little bit, feels a little bit risky. And working on niche was one of the, was really the first thing that you and I did together. So I'd love for you to describe a little bit about what that was like for you and what the effect has been. Yeah. Well, I think I kind of had a broad niche to start with, with Namaste Nature, obviously yoga outdoors. And I really just was really excited about it. And I was like, everybody will like this, you know, and that's kind of the first rule of marketing is you can't appeal to everybody with everything. So our sessions really helped me drill down into the specific target market, you know, gender, age, demographic, kind of what's in their head when they're looking for an experience in Asheville and really kind of how to appeal to them and get the correct message out there. Cause I might have one perception of what my business is, but it needs to match what their perception is and just really being consistent and clear about that message. And it, like you said, it doesn't mean that I can't appeal to people outside of this specific target, but this is what I need to focus on, which, you know, is so ironic because that's the first thing I would do with a client, but I just couldn't do it for myself because you're just like, well, everybody loves this. And, and, you know, you just, it's, it's hard to, like I said, get that objective perspective. And, and then also kind of figuring out the problem that these uh, clients were trying to solve, which for me was finding something healthy, fun, and safe to do in Asheville because there's just so many things to choose from. There's so many trails you can hike. And what is the problem I'm solving and the value that I'm bringing to this experience for them? So will you share what your, what your current niche is? Yeah. So my current niche for uh, Namaste Nature is women 30 to 60. They're interested in yoga and outdoors. They're probably on the beginner side, but um, are you know curious to explore that space, both of yoga and outdoors. And you know they're usually visiting Asheville. They're either on vacation or they're celebrating something. Uh, a lot of women in transition, like we talked about, a lot of birthdays, bachelorette parties, just wanting to experience something that is a little bit different, a little bit out of their comfort zone, maybe. And, you know, something that's healthy and, and positive and gets a good variety of, you know, like all the Asheville things, I guess, like yoga and talking with locals and meeting other people and just having a good time. That's awesome. And how has narrowing that niche, how is getting clear on who you're, you're talking to changed what you're focusing on in your business? Um, it's definitely helped a lot with the voice of the business and social media, kind of like the pictures I'm posting, you know, it's not these perfect handstands on the edge of a cliff, you know, of like a, you know, very flexible person. It's, you know, real pictures from the yoga hikes, real customers, a variety of ages and, you know, people with different backgrounds and like, just kind of making it very accessible and being like, look, these, you know, this is what the experience is. I'm, I'm not, you know, doing a crazy photo shoot. We're doing really advanced poses. There could be intimidating for people that have never done yoga before. So it's really helped to inform marketing and social media and just kind of engaging with the audience in general. And I'm really excited to 
start a blog. I don't know if I was supposed to talk about that yet, but um, super it's fine. Start a yeah, blog, absolutely. Keep that dialogue going and keep, you know, this target market engaged. Yeah. And the cool thing about a niche, and this is kind of an unexpected positive side effect is that by narrowing down, we would intuitively think that that would make coming up with ideas for blog posts and content harder. But my experience is it makes it way easier because you get very specific about what problem are you solving? Who, who are these people? What do they care about? And how can you, and you can just find a hundred ways to address them when you know them, when you know who they are. One of the things I like to say, or I talk about with my clients, is that you know you've hit the right niche when you, when all of a sudden you have hundreds of ideas or dozens of ideas popping up into your head of how to help them. Exactly. And it's almost like a positive feedback loop. Like I get a lot of ideas and I read reviews and feedback from customers and then that sparks another idea and then gives me an idea for like a blog post or maybe a social media post or uh, maybe something interesting to share during the next yoga hike. And it's just like a really good positive cycle to like engage with the customers, the, the people that are in that target demographic, you know, see what they're actually saying, not trying to guess what they're saying or guess what's going to appeal to them. And also, you know, running that through a coach and being like, Hey, here's some interesting stuff I noticed this week from some feedback I got. And then, you know, having you kind of run with it and be like, yeah, that's a really great little nugget. Like we can go somewhere with that, or that's a really good insight. And, um, yeah. So like I said, just a really great positive feedback loop. Awesome. So this morning we were, we were chatting about your other business because <laughs> you are a multi-talented entrepreneur <laughs> and the niche, the niche conversation came up again. And so I'd love to hear, I know this is super fresh, so it may not be like, it may not be incredibly, you know, like wrapped up in a neat little bow, mm -hmm. but please share how that topic came up again in the context of, wow, this is, you know, this is important for no matter what industry you're in. Yeah, absolutely. So kind of balancing two businesses is a challenge and especially when maybe both of the markets for those kind of overlap, but not completely. And so with the creative consulting, doing graphic design and video and photography and creative projects, I've had a lot of insight this year into kind of the ideal client for that. So I've uh, some of my history, I've worked with Whole Foods, I've worked with Earth Fair, I've worked with uh, local food co-ops, I've worked with yoga studios, the yoga festival, international yoga organizations, and responsible travel companies. So I kind of have some niches there. I, I thought it was well-developed enough with, you know, yoga, health, wellness, healthy food, um, sustainability. But then, um, as we talked about this morning, kind of drilling down into that even deeper and saying, what, okay, what kind of yoga wellness clients, what kind of, you know, health or, you know, organic food clients is it going to be startups, people that are just starting out, should it be businesses that are a little bit more established and kind of how best to interact with and serve those clients and meet their needs. Cause everybody has such different experience, um, where they're coming from. Yeah. And to provide some context for the listeners, mm -hmm. you were having, you know, 
the same challenges coming up or similar challenges coming up when you work with startups, mm -hmm. that you realize that startups have very specific needs. And we were talking about how if you decide you want to work with startups, then you need to create systems to kind of hold their hand through it and maybe provide specific packages. Like if you're a startup and you want to work with me on design, you know, this is a package I offer also on consultation, business consultation to help you get the most out of that other package because there were, um, you know, startups don't have the same systems that and efficiencies that a more established business has. Mm -hmm. So they can't take advantage of your expertise as much. And yet they're, they have this need to get the most bang for their buck as they possibly can. Yeah, exactly. And I think the key is just like communication and figuring out those needs and agreeing on those needs up front and being like, okay, how, how can I help you get the most bang for your buck? What do you need? Just engaging in that dialogue and communicating um, kind of in the same way, getting feed, like I get feedback from uh, people who come on the yoga hikes, getting feedback from clients, you know, where are you feeling stuck? Where do you feel like you is the most important part for your business right now? Is it, you know, creating a video to let people know your story and like what you sell or the services that you offer? Or is it, you know, maybe engaging more in social media or kind of, and I can maybe direct them in other directions. If it's something that's not my expertise, you know, having other resources that, that I can guide them to. So yeah, I think it's really important to communicate upfront and kind of get on the same page and figure out what's going to work best for both of you. So it's a win-win. So if you think of all the other yoga teachers out there, maybe teachers who've been teaching a few years and are ready to take their business to the next level, what advice would you have as somebody who both has a ton of insight and years of experience from the marketing angle and also this intimate understanding of what it's like to be a yoga teacher and, and teach from that perspective and, you know, own a business from that perspective? Yeah, that's, let's see, there, there's a lot of directions to go with that because there's so much involved in, you know, kind of trying to stand out because teaching yoga is so popular these days. Like everybody has social media, everybody has a website and it's really hard to kind of stand out and find your niche. And I think, like you said, finding your niche is kind of the best way to stand out and really attract a specific type of student. Cause if, you know, kind of, you're like, Oh, well, I teach everything. And you're posting all kinds of really complicated handstands and inversions and arm balances and stuff, but you teach, you know, a gentle flow and yin class, then that might not attract the right kind of students. You know, it might be inspiring. They'll be like, I'll get there one day, but it's not kind of representative of, of the market you're trying to reach. So really kind of like we did getting clear on that niche, getting clear on your target market, and then kind of focusing all your effort in the same direction. And I, I will admit, I had that problem this year. I got really excited. I was like, I'm going to do yoga hikes. I'm going to do retreats. I'm going to do this and that and that. I was just all over the place and I wasn't focused. And working with you as a coach really helped me focus and get really clear on the core of my business. You know, I felt like after a year or and two seasons of doing these yoga hikes, I was like, okay, we got that. You know, like, let's move on to another thing and, and really coming back to focus on the core offering and just being really clear because if, if I'm all over the place and I'm not clear on my message and how are customers and students going to be clear on that message? You're like, Oh, is this for me? Like this, in this instance, that instance I thought it was, but 
you know, now this thing I'm confused. And so really kind of getting clear and, and focused on that, I think is great for yoga teachers and yoga business owners. That is so great, Miranda. That's so important because, and this is something that I don't, I don't know that I had articulated quite as well as you did, but it's important for us to have a core message. Mm -hmm. It's important for us to be clear on why we're here and what major service we are providing for our customers. Like what is from, from a heart perspective, from our deepest values, what are we, what is the transformation that we can provide? And if we don't have a clarity about who we're serving, then we're going to try to have like 15 core messages. And that isn't, we can't speak 15 core messages with the same level of authenticity and, and, uh, deep connection as we can when we have like one core message that is truly what we are most, whether it's educated or gifted or just passionate to share. And I think adding on to that, I think it's okay not to know right away what that core message is or what your specialty is, because I know it took me a while. Like I've been teaching yoga for four years. I started this business, you know, last season, two years ago, basically. And um, I didn't know right away. It took, you know, just doing it. And instead of sitting there and trying to guess and anticipate, you just have to start doing it, even if it's not perfect, even if it's not, you know, exactly what you envisioned right away. And you might be totally surprised. Like I thought I was going to have all, you know, 20 somethings coming on my tours and it's been a big variety. You know, it's mostly been women 30 to 60 plus. And I think that's where the open mind comes in again, just being willing to learn based on what you're doing and constantly kind of evaluating that and seeing, okay, here's what I thought maybe was going to happen, but here's what actually happened. And here's who I thought I was going to appeal to, but here's who I'm actually appealing to. It can be really interesting. So just not being super close-minded. And one thing I heard at the yoga festival that I really liked was kind of being a seed and having that chance to grow and not trying to like bloom right away, just instantly hitting the ground and knowing everything. So yeah, just being patient and learning. That is so good. I'm really glad you brought that up because as I work on my own niche and I'm refining my own niche, I'm realizing that I, my, my, my highest purpose or the place where I can, can really be most of service is to work with yoga teachers who've been teaching somewhere around two to six years, let's say two to six years, right, right there. I think there's this like really fertile ground for where I can come in and, and kind of be the most helpful. But that doesn't mean that if someone's only been teaching a year, but they're ready you know, who knows, maybe they've been practicing for 20 years and they have this really diverse background and they happen to have some talents in a certain area and they come to me and they're, you know, it's, I'm not going to turn them down. I don't have like a checklist of, I'm sorry, you don't qualify to work. Exactly. For me. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not, you know, I'm not speaking to those people when I do my marketing. I'm not, I'm not specifically saying, did you just graduate from teacher training and you need a coach? No, I'm, I'm going to say, have you been teaching a few years? And you realize that there are some gaps and you'd really like supportive, experienced sister to like a big sister 
to help you through and help you see the things that you're missing. So thank you for, for bringing that up because I know that it's a really common and human instinct to try to get ahead of ourselves. And so I also always want to put that message out there of be patient with yourself too and yeah. don't try to force it. Don't try to, you know, you don't need to be a yoga entrepreneur the day that you graduate from teacher training and you don't ever need to be one if you don't want to. Yeah, exactly. And it's just kind of learning and trusting your instincts and, you know, learning from failures. I've been reading a lot of books and listening to a lot of podcasts about, you know, you really learn the most from failure. Like, okay, tried that thing, didn't work. Don't take it personally, like move on and figure stuff, figure out stuff that does work. So I think as long as you learn from something, you know, it's not a failure. It's not a mistake. It's all kind of part of the journey. And, you know, it's all about the journey, not the destination. Like we kind of said earlier, it's not like you get the one day you're like, okay, you know, I'm there. Got it. Like got it all figured out. <laughs> I'm still, you know, learning and how to incorporate things in my classes and just working with coaches, going to other teachers' classes, continuing training just always helps me keep improving and learning and growing. <laughs> And that is what makes you such a fun client. Yay! <laughs> so as we wrap up, Miranda, some of my listeners might be interested in taking a yoga hike one day, or they might need some help editing a video. I would love for you to share how people can find you, how people can find out more about you, follow you on social. Yeah, definitely. So let's start with Namaste in Nature. So I have a website, www.namasteinnature.com. Sometimes I have to spell that, but since we're all yoga teachers, I think everyone knows how to spell namaste. And uh, also on Instagram at namaste underscore in underscore nature. Also on Facebook at namaste nature AVL. And uh, we do yoga hikes every Saturday public that people can sign up for on the website or on Eventbrite. And I also do a lot of private groups and tours. And this year I decided to offer 20% uh, off for fellow yoga teachers. So uh, you can email hello at namastainature.com for more information about that or about um, booking a group or, you know, just events and everything coming up. And I also have a mailing list for that. So we have a lot of awesome stuff coming up in the fall and next year that I'm excited to share with people, including uh, my blog coming out, which is going to be about yoga and nature and meditation. And there's just so many like scientific, uh, scientifically studied health benefits to being outside. And I've been really geeking out about them. So I'm excited to share them um, through that blog. And then on the creative side, I have www.mirandapeterson.com. And there I have reviews from people I've worked with and lots of examples of my work from graphic design to video to you know, ideas and, and just kind of anything creative. And uh, you can email me at Miranda Peterson Consulting at gmail.com. And, you know, like I said, I, I really, this is why I quit my full-time job in favor of freelance and consulting was to, you know, have a, a wider impact and help more people to, you know, be that gap between their passion and the people that, you know, need to hear their message and kind of helping them craft that message and be the bridge between, you know, the cause that they're promoting and what they're really, really excited about and reaching the right people in a creative and um, exciting way. So yeah, a little bit, a little bit of everything. And we will, I will put 
the links to your websites and everything in the show notes. So it'll be easy to find her. Thank you so much, Miranda. I really appreciate that you came on. You were so game. I actually just asked her to do this this morning. I had this insight <laughs> after our call. I called her back and was like, hey, do you want to come on the podcast and talk about niche? Yeah. Thank you so You're much. You're welcome. And I was like, absolutely. No hesitation. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Mado. Thank you so much, Miranda, Francine, and Karen. I'm incredibly grateful to each of you for participating in this episode experiment. I have to admit that I felt kind of vulnerable recording those coaching calls because I hadn't ever done that before. I do feel like I found something that I'm really good at, but I had never done it in a way where other people were listening in. And I just really lucked out. I, uh, Francine and Karen were incredibly coachable and open and smart. So thank you guys so, so much. I really, really appreciate having you on there. I hope you also enjoyed getting to know Miranda a little bit. She is truly a gem. She's just like one of the people that I get so much energy and inspiration from working with. She's such a hard worker. She's so smart. She's so dedicated and she's so open-hearted. So if any of you need graphic design work or video work, or if you want to take a yoga hike in the Asheville area, I hope that you'll reach out to her. In the best of all possible worlds, listening to this episode helped you deepen your insight into the possibilities of your own niche. If you already have a niche, I would love for you to revisit it and see if you can get even more specific. That's always the hardest. No matter who you are, no matter what industry you're in, having the courage to get really specific is a little bit scary, but so, so valuable. If you've not chosen a niche yet, but you're open to it, please just jump in, create a first draft. You can't, you can't make progress if you don't start. Who do you help? What problem do you help them with? I would love for you to share your work in progress in the Yoga Teacher Resource Community Facebook group. There are over 800 yoga teachers on there, and many of them would be thrilled to give you high fives, feedback, or ideas. I would also be incredibly honored if you would like me to help you in a more in-depth and personal way. I offer single strategy sessions using some online video conferencing software so I can work with people anywhere in the world. The first time I work with a new person, I set aside 90 minutes to make sure that I really have enough time to understand their vision, their goals, and their aspirations. Depending on the person and the situation, we can probably address one or two other topics on that call in addition to niche. If that sounds like something that would help you gain focus and momentum in your teaching and your business, please go ahead and book a strategy session at teachingyoga.net slash coaching. I will also leave a direct link in the show notes. Once again, I want to express my gratitude to the wonderful, open-hearted, passionate yoga teachers that I've had the opportunity to work with so far. People who are kind of so-so on teaching yoga don't hire a coach. <laughs> so I'm really, really lucky with who I get to work with. On a personal note, the reason that I'm so passionate about this concept of finding your niche is that the moment I became willing to focus specifically on helping yoga entrepreneurs, 
the floodgates opened for me as far as creativity and ideas and a feeling of really knowing what my path forward was. The feeling that you get when you know that you're helping the people that you are best suited to help, it's kind of indescribable. The best way that I can put it is that it feels it feels mentally, emotionally, and financially sustainable in a way that is the polar opposite of the way that it felt to me to try to teach anyone and everyone. I was constantly feeling drained and confused and like I didn't know where to head next. And the moment that I became willing to, to settle on a niche, to take that leap, everything shifted for me on the inside. And that's really special. I want that for you. I want that for all yoga teachers. If you found this episode helpful, inspiring, or if you think it could help somebody that you know, a, another yoga teacher, a colleague, maybe somebody who's just starting their yoga teaching journey, please share with them. There's a drop-down menu on all podcast players that allow you to share a specific episode in different ways. I hope that if you want to share on this topic of niche that you'll actually go back and share episode 14 instead. But on Apple Podcasts, you can send a text, an email, or even a Facebook message. On Spotify, they've kind of upped their game a little bit, and you can actually share an episode on your Instagram stories with a link right back to the episode that will open Spotify. Pretty cool. However you choose to share, I'm super grateful if you do. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Please come back next week for a dive into the most powerful marketing tool for yoga teachers. No, it is not Instagram. Instagram has its place for sure. I'm not an expert in that, but I think email is still king. But we have to do it smartly. We can't do these this kind of old style of just jamming all of your different events into one email. You have to understand how people use email, how they figure out which emails to open and which ones not to open. Um, so we'll go into all of that next week. Until then, please make time for your yoga practice, your personal practice. It's so important. And have an amazing week. Goodbye. <laughs>